You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who's not much of a maker unless making Uber drivers yell at me counts. But in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today, I'm delighted to have Mike Sinisi and Dale Doherty in the studio. They're both hugely important to the maker movement. Mike is the editor-in-chief of Make Magazine, and Dale is the founder of the Maker Fair and more, or the, yeah, the rest of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a hugely important movement in Silicon Valley and beyond, and uh, these two are kind of the godfathers of it. <laughs> okay, Mike and Dale, welcome to Recode Decode. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So, and I want to talk about a TV show. You got a, all kinds of stuff going on that you guys are doing. Well, we didn't do the TV no, show. No, but the but... fact that Make is now a big deal, yeah, like exactly. kind of a thing. So let's talk about, um, my kids have gone to Maker Fair and things like that. Let's let's talk about, Dale, why don't you start talking about sort of the background of how this started? Because Silicon Valley has, at its heart, a Make movement. Exactly. You know, long before I started using the word, um, they were makers. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't always, always identified right. to each other. They often thought of themselves as you know, sort of tinkerers and, right. and things on their own. And and this helped to form a community of people and say this is kind of the way people learn mm-hmm. technology and science and and uh, often not in school but through just the, their own interests in developing right. that. Right. And I think coupled with that was, you know, the Internet has sort of two qualities to it. It can make you – you can learn to do almost anything, mm-hmm. you know, but it also can make you just more of a consumer. Right, right, where you just and, suck up And what I'm really time. interested in is the creative side of, you know, we have this technology. We could create wonderful things with it mm-hmm. or we could just treat it like television and, and absorb it and right. consume it and do more of it. So – the idea of maker really is to invite people to see themselves as makers, as creative people, any age, uh, at any portion of their life, to just do things because they enjoy it and mm-hmm. it's rewarding and fun and and so it actually the keeps background us together. Tell me about the background, and then I want to get to the well. Magazine. I, I started the magazine in two thousand five at O'Reilly Media. Right, you work with Tim. Right, and um, you know I told Tim in the back of a cab when I went to open source convention that you know I had an idea for Martha Stewart for geeks mm-hmm. um, and just <laughs> but sort of projects. You don't look is, like Martha. No, I don't. Um, But the idea was, you know, uh, I think she understood that we do things, Mm -hmm. you know, as a way of connecting to other people. Right. And that's really what I meant. You bake a pie when people are coming over. Right. Because you want to tell them you made it for them. Right. And I think a lot of things, even technology, could be looked at that way. And and, and ways make is like a popular science or popular mechanics of the 50s when there was a culture of hacking. They didn't use that word. Well, popular science was was the magazine. I remember reading it every month. But popular mechanics goes back, you know, to the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. And it has this wonderful, broad permission Mm -hmm. to do this and do that and do that. You know, you could make a garage, you could make a birdhouse, you Mm -hmm. could make a, you know, a a boat that sails. Yeah, one summer my brothers and I made everything that was a cartoon and it was either popular science or popular mechanics. It probably wasn't popular mechanics. We made like a garage door opener with a tennis ball. We did uh, rockets. We did all kinds of things, which we don't do anymore at all. Nobody does. Right. But I wanted, I was inspired by that and Mm -hmm. wanted to try to I wanted to see if I could bring that back right. in, in bring some back ways science and, and, and kind of reconnect it to the digital age mm-hmm. of both physical and digital things and whether it's robots or rockets or other things. But it seemed like this, you know, I just wanted to encourage people to do it based on people I found that were already doing it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cool things, fun things. So do a magazine, yeah. like a physical magazine. Physical magazine right, with projects they, in it and right. say, here's how you do that. And then, and then it turned into Maker Fair. And then we started Maker Fair partially because just meeting really interesting people. And I thought, 
would it be interesting to ask people about, you know, here's their project. Talk to them about it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like an art fair, a craft fair, you right. know. A science fair, really, but it's really the people mm-hmm. that inspire you. When you mm-hmm. talk to someone who cares a lot about it, and what I've also found is some makers are shy, maybe socially awkward, but mm-hmm. when they're talking about their project, mm-hmm. they open up and right. they're expansive. Right. And and it's it's a great way to really experience this and be inspired to do it yourself. Right. So, Mike, tell me about how you came to doing this. You were Are you someone who tinkered or was it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I always thought that I had this unique story of mm-hmm. having that science fair type dad. Yeah, you know, the '50s science fair geeky dad mm-hmm. who uh, t- took me into his workshop at, at a did you at a young age? Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, yeah. but I think you know, and then I, I I grew up wanting to take everything apart and seeing if I could put it back together again. Mm-hmm. And through the years, I realized that. Uh, quite a few people actually have the same exact story. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have the same origin story. And, um, you know, there is this desire for, you know, f- for for all of us to use our hands to make things. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've spent my whole life taking things apart and putting them together and, mm-hmm. and making things and went to college, started on an engineering track, changed course. And, um, and then, you know, from there, I... Uh, just sort of became, you know, this, this has become my focus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's become my career, mm-hmm. you know, telling stories, helping tell other people's stories. Of about how to do things. How to do things, you know, the, the inspiration of making. Right. And so, Dale, talk to me about the idea of make, because this was at the heart of Silicon Valley. As you said, you're a maker. I, I think I say it a lot, actually. Either you're a maker or you're not. Like, you don't, like, you create things. And I, not just physical objects like a robot or a drone or whatever, but, like, companies and things, like the, the concept of crafting. Yeah, in fact, I think sometimes it's really misunderstood of right. how this is learned. But, mm-hmm. you know, Steve Wozniak is a classic example. Yeah. The Homebrew Computer Club where he says, you know, they didn't, they couldn't buy computers, so they built them themselves mm-hmm. and they shared the designs. And, Wood. You know, he, he says, you know, I would do it for free for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was that thing that they could figure out how to do things mm-hmm. that that was 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 really I think core to this and I think it goes back to the semiconductor industry and well, everything tell me, else. Tell me. Yeah, well, you know, one of the founders, his name escapes right now. Of, you know, there's a, a great uh, piece that Tom Wolf, the, the writer, passed away this Doug year. Doug um, probably. He uh, he called the the uh, tinkerings of Bob Noyce. Mm-hmm. Bob Noyce. So yes, yeah. that's right. It was a great piece. Great oh, piece. Yeah. And he talks about how, as a kid, he read popular yeah. science with his brothers. And well, uh, Wolf's whole point was, why did the giants of the information age grow up in small towns in the Midwest mm-hmm. as opposed to the large metropolitan areas? And and it was some degree this this sense of play and taking things apart and putting things together. Um, Noyce has a quote that, you know, when you live on a farm out in the middle of nowhere, you can't buy what you want. You have to make it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that just sort of resonates of like that's in the core of, you know, they acquire that almost through practice of doing this. That mm-hmm. When they later go to college and things, they they map theory into that practice mm-hmm. and they become really smart at doing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, that's essentially the argument for bored out of your mind. And so yes. else exactly. Like you had nowhere exactly. else. Well, there's a great story. There's no you know, movie three, theater. Three brothers read a story about a kite that, you know, building a kite that could lift a human being off the ground. Uh-huh. So they go to build it and right. he almost kills himself. I mean, right. they jump off the barn to try to get enough lift and uh-huh. they drag it behind a car. But, you know, it was this idea that you don't just read something, you try to do it. Right. You try right. to figure it out. Right. And, right. and I think what I kind of wanted to penetrate is like we, we read a lot about technology and sometimes it's kind of at this abstract layer which we actually don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. How do we penetrate more deeply and just understand how it works? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, obviously a lot of our technology today is sort of wrapped up for us and we right. can't open it and use it. Right. And we've had this phrase, you know, if you can't open it, you don't own it, right. you know, associated with the magazine. But mm-hmm. it's just encouraging people to get in and customize, personalize, change things to make it the way they want to. And that's my original insight around this was that's what hackers were trying to do. Not we're the, trying not to do. The, they, right. they wanted to make it not work Not the for Russians, them. but right. go ahead. Not the Russians, but just when we talked about hacking in a, in a positive way. Well, they're trying way. to make a change in the electoral process. Absolutely. So I guess that's <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. So. <laughs> well, I, I think probably so. That's their goal. Right. That's what they want to make. Break the system. Whatever. It's a making thing. Exactly. So when you think about doing that now in this day and age, because, you know, there used to be a and all these magazines and all these ways to communicate with people. And we do know a lot about technology, but you're right, people aren't involved up to their elbows, essentially, in it anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a much more, there, there's a step from the way it was. So how do you then cover, how do you look at it? Because it could be, look, look, this is like a hobbyist kind of thing. 
Well, yeah, I, mean, I think that part of what we were seeing uh, as as the maker movement really started to take root mm-hmm. um, was the hobbyist side of it. But right. from there, it's, you know... It's it, like it, make your own pump. Yeah, right. you know, and... Uh, one of the great things that happened just as the as Make was launching, um, there were various technologies that that came about that really helped democratize mm-hmm. technology, made things easier than ever before. Prototyping, electronics prototyping, Arduino being mm-hmm. one of the hugest ones. Mm-hmm. Open source electronics yep. that suddenly everybody could do mm-hmm. if you wanted to create, uh, yeah, Cheap, and yeah, yeah affordable, mm-hmm. easy. And uh, it, with, you know, these these growing huge communities of people right. that could all contribute and help you learn right. how to do something without going to 12 years of right. uh, of engineering, electrical engineering right. school. And so from there, you know, we've watched this go from hobbyist into uh, into education. And then from there now, you know, it's influencing beyond that into the professional career mm-hmm. world. You mm-hmm. know, it's become vocation. All right. Let's talk about that concept of it becoming, because when you go from hobbyists, when you have these kind of, this is what you create, one of the things that I think, is, and we'll get into these topics in the next sections about, uh, you know, is the 3D printing and, and how people are going to manufacture in the future. Um, how do you, when you think about where it's gone, where you, we have to move from an hobbyist to doing it, um, even as there's more and more makers, there's less and less reason to make. I get, You know what I mean? Like everything is provided for you. Yeah, I, I thought of that a lot. Is you know, our, probably our parents or grandparents' generation, mm-hmm. you know, growing up during the Depression, mm-hmm. you know, they made out of necessity. Yeah, right? completely, and continue to and, do it. And even in other parts of the world, that's that's still a dominant mode of, mm-hmm. of thinking. But what I saw uh, around this, uh, particular given the internet and other things that we were making as a form of self-expression, mm-hmm. that this said something about us. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just like writing a well, blog. Even desktop or, publishing. Or, right? Yeah, exactly. All those things. You know, and, and you think about early Apple computers. I mm-hmm. mean, people using desktop publishing, graphic arts. Yep. Oh, I could make a newsletter. And this it, it was really the creative use of technology for for your own purposes. Mm-hmm. And what just seemed to be what Mike was talking about is now there was just new components mm-hmm. that could be mixed and put together and software actually could connect this this stuff together. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of what's making this possible is that the software's kind of embedding a lot of the expertise that you used to have to learn to do something like, you know, computer-aided design. Mm-hmm. Um, you could kind of do it without being an expert at it. Right. So that, that does start with hobbyists who expect, but I think it broadens to the broader population that amateurs can do things that professionals used right. to do. Right, right, absolutely. And when, but when you're doing that, talk a little bit about the concept of magazine, because a magazine is something people don't make anymore. Like they don't, they don't. Well, yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, but niche magazines still have their, their role yeah. out there. And yeah. I, I, I had, you know, I'd done the first commercial website in GNN in 1993. Yeah, I started. it. Wow. Um, but, you know, when I looked at this, what, what excited me about this versus other O'Reilly th- things are a lot of code books about code, yeah, and yeah. this was visual. Yeah. And so I thought, well, let's, let's try a magazine and uh-huh. kind of designed it to be somewhat like a collector's item that uh-huh. you keep and it's evergreen content. Um, it's it's like sometimes magazine. stupid, I'd right. say, to do a print magazine today. Yeah. But I find that there's still an, a real appetite. People, we have a digital edition. People mm-hmm. prefer the print edition. And even among kids, there's a kind of a different psychology around some of this. Uh, but it's it's uh, at the same time that we do a make magazine, there's lots of resources online. People are right. using YouTube and, and Instructables and, you know, many, many sites to find out about how to do things. Right. So how do you approach that when you have a magazine versus a... I'm thinking my kids use um, YouTube a lot to find cooking. My one son cooks a lot. The other likes to watch video games on Twitch and things like that. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that's interesting with making with making make is that uh, the hardest part about doing it is selecting the content. There's no shortage of maker content that's mm-hmm. out there. It's it's become such a, a a big community, and they're just cranking out projects right. nonstop. And and they submit a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of all the makers. It's 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 nice to be in Make Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that part the, is 
that's our big challenge. You know, what mm-hmm. do we, how do we, how do we select the right mix that mm-hmm. tells the right story that we've got the, you know, the story arc. We're not a news magazine. And, you know, as Dale's saying, people, they hold on to their collections. And right. so, you know, we want to give them something that fits into their, their library. What would be the news from Make? Oh, my God, some pumps are in because <laughs> people think the world is ending. I don't know. Yeah. New 3D printer. Make your yeah. own, like, whatever the crisis happens to yeah. be. Well, yeah. Make your own non-flammable something right now in California. But what we'll talk about that. I want to know where things are going, actually. Sure. But go ahead. Sorry. So you're when you're when you're doing this, you have to think. About, it's like a cooking magazine. Yeah, yeah. It's like figuring like out what's what. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd rather look at the mag- cook's magazine. You know, you're right. Is is just um, it isn't just the recipe. There's mm-hmm. a little romance around it of yeah. like what's the story? Why do people do this? Right. And usually, I have to say, our things are are not beginner level right. necessarily. They, they right. really are aspirational for a lot of people, like a travel magazine would be. I'd love to go there. I'd love to right. do this. But right. I think people learn because of that. They they figure, how did they actually do that? And and my goal is that they apply that to something of their own. Right. You know, they don't do necessarily the projects in the magazine, but they, I figured out how they did that. Now I could do something independent. All right. When we get back, we're going to talk about some of the things they're making, actually, which which is the, which on trend and what has changed and things like that. We take a quick break now. We'll be back in a minute with Mike Sinisi and Dale Doherty. We're talking about the maker movement. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor. What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance... Who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm here with Mike Sinisi and Dale Doherty. Mike is the editor of Make Magazine, and Dale is the founder of the Maker Movement. The founder. That sounds very Well, heavy. I don't know about the founder All right, of the movement. So talk a little bit about what's trendy now. Mike, why don't you start? What is now ascendant in making? I'm looking. You you brought me several magazines. One is Connected Everything. It's one of those things that those robots. Yeah. So robots. this is – that's our newest. I was married to a maker once. Oh, that's great. It was irritating. Actually. Oh. Anyway, uh, they had a lot of these things around the house. Like yeah, I do cyberpunk. too. Cyberpunk. Yeah, look at this. The pocket oscilloscope, the raspberry pirate radio, the voice changer, the mini voltmeter, and an LED glove. All right. That's yeah, okay. That's a good All list. All right. It okay. Is. AI or die. Oh, my God. Look at this. That's a great story. So okay. that's that's uh, Mike and Lisa Winter. They are BattleBot alums. They are okay. a father-daughter duo. They've, right. you know, they've, they've been in – Fighting, doing f- combat robots on TV right. for the last twenty years. Okay, since she was thirteen, and right. uh, their newest endeavor mm-hmm. is this competition to see if a human-controlled robot is it can best a an AI, a, uh, an autonomously controlled right. robot. That. And right. so uh, they've, you know, they, they've. Mike is building the AI side. Lisa right. is on the human-controlled side. They've built an arena, and now they're conducting tests and, uh, and having battles. Who do you think going to win? I say the human one. Uh, I think at this point the human still. still it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, as—, as Oh, no. They're going to ultimately the technology, AI yeah. is going to treat us like cats yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So talk about what's hot now. Tell, uh, you have, on here, let me look. Robot Motor Basics, Vinyl Cutting Stickers, Get to Know Your Miter Saw. That is like— that's a little well, you saucy. Gotta, yeah, well, that's you a know. little saucier. <laughs> yeah, to know your miter saw, you got to treat them with care. Okay, all right. I, and I would respect. never not treat a miter saw with care. But could you explain what's hot. Tell me what's hot now, and then I want to hear from you, uh, Dale. What do you think is what, well, what's the, the trend? The, AI, obviously. Yeah, AI is hot. Connected. You know, everybody wants to talk about IoT, mm-hmm. uh, and it's interesting because there are things. You know, this is now. It, explain has, for the people what IoT is. Uh, Internet of Things. It's right, you know good. connected devices right. that you know we create something. You know create a garage door that will open up when it detects that you 
your car is entering right, your Right, or a talking refrigerator. Or, or yeah, yeah. We're probably not we doing talking want. refrigerators right. on the maker scale just yet. Right, but, right, right. Uh, but I'm sure somebody's working on it. Right, right. So they are. Yeah, they are. They're in Korea. They're doing that. Um, so they actually are. I'm not joking about Korea. But that's and, you know, beyond that, you know, one of the big things that uh, right now we're working on are our digital fabrication mm-hmm. issue, which mm-hmm. we do every year. And it's right. uh, 3D printers, laser cutters, water right. jet cutters are coming in. This, oh, explain you know, that. Explain what yeah, it is. Three D printers are printers that print three D stuff, and there's a big debate which we're going to talk about is making guns, right? Right, which yep. has been the big like that's all of a sudden every every TV show. Yeah, like, can you make guns and print right. them? Yeah, the story yes. it's back actually because yeah. that story was around right. six years ago. But okay, so you got three D printers, uh, additive fabrication. You're creating Explain things that. out of plastic, but it's you, know, you have a digital file, three D CAD file, and mm-hmm. uh, you're able to export that to a printer that. Then, you know, depending on what type of technology you're using, uh, it will create layer by layer uh, physical rendition of what your object is. A plastic is. version of it. Plastic. Yeah. Or in some cases, uh, nylon. Well, nylon's a type of plastic, but steel. Uh, and some of the machines are using ceramics and so right. forth. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's a big thing. That's then. a big thing. Okay. Uh, and But, you know, beyond that, uh, and that we've been tracking that for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're watching laser cutters become accessible, affordable, and much more easy to use than ever before. And that's something that has, uh, will, will be a big part of our story for this next laser issue. Laser cutters in laser your home. Cutters. Like in your home. Laser personal cutters. laser cutter. Personal laser cutter. Yeah. And they're great. I'm they're, still worried about scissors, but okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. No, they're, they're, <laughs> they're good. They're fast. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're precise. You can do some really fun things with them. Right. Uh, but the next thing, there's a couple of companies that have now come out with personal water jet cutters, which okay, explain that. is, uh, it's a technology where it, it, it's been around for ages mm-hmm. in the industrial level. Right. Uh, high pressure, really precise jet of water that can cut through anything, uh-huh. uh, you know, thick steel, wood, fabric, leather. You know, and why would you want a water one versus a laser one? Or well, lasers are useful for certain material types, um, you know, wood and plastics. And uh, you might do some light etching on metal, but mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be able to afford a laser cutter that can do metal cutting. Mm-hmm. The water jet uh, cutters uh, are, you you could, you mm-hmm. know, for, I think we're talking in the $6,000 range, which oh, is, yeah. you know, it's cheaper than a Harley, which right. some okay. people like to buy and have <laughs> right. for their ho- their hobby. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, now this is something that instead of having to go to the industrial side of town with your big project and try to source a huge thick sheet of steel, you can cut anything, uh, you know, in your, in your garage. Well, metal. It, yeah, metals yeah. Is, is one of the big things. You'll see people doing a lot of artisan work with it. Uh, the the hobbyist knife makers. I see. Yeah. Uh, they'll they'll be jumping all over this. Right. And um, and then you'll see people that are doing industrial projects. Industrial. Yeah. All right, Dale. What do you think is hot? Well, just go back to AI for a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I think one of the things is it's in some ways these cloud connected devices mm-hmm. can operate pretty simply mm-hmm. and then and use the cloud to have a lot of a lot of the processing power. Mm-hmm. So things like face recognition right. and things like we'll that, get to are, that in a minute, are just um, really, instead of programming it into the device, mm-hmm. it's just a service out of the cloud from, right. you know, one of the big companies. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, there is a vision of the world that's like, here's one device that's in your pocket. Mm-hmm. But there's another vision where there's lots of different devices. And you kind of see that around cameras Meaning. in your home and right. all these things. And so they can all be connected and do different things. And mm-hmm. and it's not that hard for you to figure out. And I think one of the things that's interesting that we cover a little bit in the magazine is it's also possible to create solutions to problems that don't seem very important to other people like right. businesses. Right. So, you know, assistive technology, right. you know, something for the blind or. Mm-hmm. Or uh, a person that's confined to a wheelchair, they they have a specific problem, and that they're never that a mass group is right. Not that fix. the company's not going to form and create a product around it, but you know, in a makerspace or something that they can they can solve for that, or students could do that for them. Right, right. What else do you think is exciting? You know, I, I think the most exciting things are actually in education. Mm-hmm. That that the way. Um, I would have never kind of predicted five or six years ago mm-hmm. that we would be getting maker spaces into lots and lots of yes, schools. There are. And some done well and some maybe not. But 
this is not coming from a federal or state level. It's mm-hmm. being brought in by teachers. I always think it's a little bit the analogy mm-hmm. like school gardens and things. That, that right. Someone thought it was important and they start to build it and put what time into it. People. Right. You know, have, being a place where there's a feeling of community and support and welcoming and, and you can learn there mm-hmm. rather than I already know what to do. Leave me alone. I'm working mm-hmm. in the corner. Um, right. So uh, – and and often I think the bad maker spaces, you know, buy the equipment and they figure out the space, but they don't figure out how to how to staff it or right. or how to really get people in there doing it. Doing so, but it's uh, it's really a, a a very different way of learning that most kids have not had that exposure no, to. They used to. They used to it, and uh, this is the whole thing about this is this is something that used to be mainstream. You know, Home as late as the sixties, uh, uh, shop class. I had shop class. Yeah, and I almost cut off uh, my hand. But that's another <laughs> a lot of people it. It wasn't that you were going into a trade job, but you learned to do things. And and for people, I'm really interested in the kids, not that are at the top and they're going into the top schools, but mm-hmm. really the two-thirds of the kids that don't even know what they right, can do. Right, 100%. Right. And this is where making, I think, really is Absolutely. finding a home. Is It's it's an alternate way of learning mm-hmm. uh, for spatial thinkers, uh, for uh, people with special needs. They can actually watch someone and do something and do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, we have makerspaces in juvenile halls. Right. Uh, and right. these are largely kids that are truants that are not going back to school, but they they think of themselves as failures. Right. And they when they can make, make they can do and something. learn right. and say, I'm I'm able to do something, even creatively, well, that really interestingly, changes. Interestingly, a lot of those professions are actually highly employable, too. Exactly. Like, it's really interesting that, like, plumber, I was talking to my plumber yesterday because there was an issue in my house. And I was just, you know, I was asking about his background and how he got into it. For some reason, we started talking about it, um, and I never really had a conversation with him about it. And it was really an interesting, and I thought, wow, and, and he, he makes a lot of money doing it. It was a really interesting thing, and I was thinking, and he, you know, he knows I write about tech, and he said, oh, is my job being replaced? I said, no. Exactly. I, no, actually. <laughs> you're actually okay. And yeah. he's like, oh, phew. And I'm like, no, really? I, yeah. I don't see how you no. don't need a plumber. Like, you know, I guess you could digitize part of it, but it's very hard to digitize some of these maker really is. jobs, yeah. which is really interesting, which it was is. to me electrical stuff and things like and that. And I think it's really kind of plays into sort of this workforce mm-hmm. idea around here of how do you develop people that way. And, and schools really aren't Concerned no, with not that. at all. Not and, at all. Do they have shop classes? Well, it's uh, very much on the decline. It's the first thing yeah. that they Ma- maker is uh, maker spaces are a way of reinventing it, making it better. I think, mm-hmm. but it's often not just that they have or don't have the equipment. It's really the imagination around how Absolutely. it's used. No, hundred. I still have a mail holder that I made in eighth grade, and I enjoy exactly. it to this day. But that's it's the point. One hundred years later, you know, <laughs> works just the fine. Other, plexiglass. I molded it. I you did cut it. it. Right? Oh yeah, and no. it means a lot to you. Super and that's that ugly. expressive power of the object that yeah, when you create ugly. it, it means something. I still got it. If someone wants to do, you know, there's a bunch of you know high tech machines like like uh, in a makerspace in Boston, a Fab Lab, and. Uh, you know, uh, kids from the neighborhood were, were making stuff, but they were using the screen printer. And I said, well, you know, why do you, you, you know, just focus on the screen printer? I said, well, they're making T-shirts uh-huh. and they wear those T-shirts out in the community. And someone comes up and says, where'd you get that? And he says, yeah. I made it. You right. know, and it's like that changes oh, 100%. the way they're thinking. We actually did that at Code this year. We had people making their own T-shirts, which is interesting. So AI... Um, Printing, 3D printing, hmm. drones, got to be hot. Yeah, right? drones, you know, the thing with drones is it, the, the they came up through the maker groups. They did. And, you know, just a few years ago, the only way you could get a drone would be to build your own. Right. And now it's the, the technology's progressed so much, and a handful of companies came in like DJI, did, yeah. and they've created these little micro aircraft that are mm. well beyond what, almost anybody could try to put together in their garage. You know, mm-hmm. The amount of engineering and technology that's inside of these things is mm-hmm. pretty staggering. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's actually it's a really fascinating, uh, fascinating case study of like watching something a... Something move. Yeah, well, yeah and, well, you know, seeing something go from garage tinkerers to major industry. Yeah, mm-hmm. And there's this really progression that we can see historically of of things starting off as like kits mm-hmm. and then bef- long before there were ever products, the first right. kit computers, right? And right, Before sure. that you could buy a, com- a computer. And I think the drones, 3D printers are the same way. They're yep. really, uh, that, that, again, 3D printers were available in the industrial market for $100,000. Mm-hmm. And some makers said, 
we want one of those ourselves. We'll build right. it. And that's how the RepRap right. project started. But it, it, it evolved into a kit and then became a product made by a few people. And now mm-hmm. it's pretty much a consumer product, right? right? It's like in some ways out of the maker space purely. Right. That's moved beyond. But uh, it's moved beyond that. And drones are kind of the same way. So mm-hmm. we kind of see those things move through. So what's in a kit now? What's Robotics. Robotics. Yeah. Yeah. Robotics, yeah, robotics kits, are, kits are, are still. Though there's still the, the, all these robotics companies, yeah. which are still are seeing like Google yeah. selling theirs, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the thing with the robotics kits, uh, a lot of those are for education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see, you know, and, and, and I think it's great because um, it's a it's a great you've way. We've got robotics on this cover. We've got robot. Yep. You know, we've got robotics um, in pretty much every Let's issue of Let's Robot. Is that like a verb? Let's Robot is one of the most wonderful new platforms that yeah. came out. So that's uh, yeah. that's Jill Ogle on the cover right, there. Yeah. And she created this new. She's the mother of robots. Yeah. Right? She created this new platform. It's an online platform called Let's Robot. Mm-hmm. Let's Robot. Uh, TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a network of DIY telepresence robots. You go into right. this and you can control them yourself. So, and it's controlled by by groups. So mm-hmm. you're kind of, so you're wrestling for control of these robots, but you can go into the make office right. and we've got one of those bots rolling around and, rolling around. and it's got, um, it, 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 they've got microphones and speakers. The, so, yeah. Can they hear what I'm saying? They yeah. can't, they, they can hear you, what you're saying. They can hear what you're saying. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Come on, yeah. let's just assume that, I've, Dale. Yeah. Dale. Uh, and, but, Catch you know, a clue, Dale. It's just hitting my shoes. I don't know. Right. No, Dale. It's there to steal things from you, including all your – and your soul eventually, exactly. yeah. so, just so you know. So one of these things on here is RFID fingernails. Yeah. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's a fun project. Please explain. Uh, Tanya Fish, a uh, great maker out of the UK, she, mm-hmm. um, she embedded RFID chips into her fingernails all right. so that she could activate uh, and program them to activate uh, you know, any, like your, your door open. Or for your so office embedded and so human being, embedded stuff in human beings yeah. is fascinating. To yeah, me. yeah. So this one, I mean, but I it's think not, she's just putting it in the fake nail. Right? Yes, right. That, yeah, is, that is right. No. Yeah. yeah. I the, want something in my neck. But like, the, the neat thing with these ones is that the electrical signal actually um, it activates them. So when she goes near an RFID uh, transmitter, they light up. There's LEDs inside of them. So oh, her wow. fingernails start to glow. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. And cool. then Hovercraft, obviously. Is that a bit? Because, you know, you got Larry Page working on Kitty Hawk and stuff like that. Yeah. This one's a, that's a fun one. That's yeah. a, that that's that's one of those whimsical uh, RC car type projects right. to make and uh, right. uh, have fun with it. Right. But not yet. All right. We're going to talk about where innovation is going when we get back. We're here with Mike Sinisi and Dale Doherty. Mike is the editor of Make Magazine and Dale is the founder of the Maker Movement. We'll hear more from them after this break. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. We're here with Mike Sinisi and Dale Doherty. Dale is the founder of Make. 
but right. he is also the godfather of the maker movement. How about that? Do you That's like that? Good. All right. So we were talking about all these different things. And again, the only thing I could make on in this magazine here is the easy rubber band helicopter. I think I could manage that. Um, but most of these things like, oh, 3D printable doggy cart. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's for a dog that doesn't have legs, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, all right, okay. Assistive technology. Um, assistive technology. And there's all kinds of things. LED party shoes, uh, this water jet cutter, which I think is fascinating, Braille, embosser, um, all kind of audio oscillators. I'm just trying to, the Arduino, obviously. Um, so is our country more innovative than it used to be, or is it less? Because a lot of people feel we've lost our innovation to China and other areas. Or is that Should we have been talking about it that way? It's a a really good question. Yes, I like a very good answer. When I, I think, on one hand, other countries would love to be as innovative, Mm -hmm. at least how they perceive it. Mm -hmm. Uh, China, um, you know, and and I think we often misunderstand where innovation comes from. Okay. And I, I think one of the core ideas I had in seeing the makers initially was it actually, in my view, originates in play in, mm-hmm. in a, a sense that things can be changed and who cares what happens? I'm just experimenting. I'm right. I'm learning what something can do and, mm-hmm. and what it can be. And I think that is the origin of innovation, not some formal practice or going to school for it. It starts in your own you know, uh, thinking, thought process and doing things and learning mm-hmm. what you get from that. And so, but it also takes place in our culture where we recognize and support it. And that's really what I'm trying to do in Maker Fair is to celebrate it. So in China, you know, being different isn't really necessarily welcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would love to have, you know, those devices that they're manufacturing mm-hmm. designed in China. Right. But creatively, they're not yet coming from there. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, you know, when you have a sort of uh, homogenous culture in China, how do you get this creativity? And and I think when they send their kids to school over here, they think it's the schools teaching them. I think it's actually the culture teaching them mm-hmm. how to think differently mm-hmm. about different things that we don't all agree and we push and shove. Well, are, and are you worried about there. that innovation, given everything is so plug and play? Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm worried about a generation that uh, thinks that Amazon is the answer to everything yeah, click for and, them. And, click and, get. and, you know, to some degree, innovation appealing. comes from a place where you figure, you know, here's the difference in China. They can make anything they see and make it in greater numbers more easily. Mm-hmm. They're terrible at figuring out what doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? And that's the creative part of this. Someone once said to me, they're, they're, they're great at one to a million. Mm-hmm. They're terrible at zero to one. Right. And, and they're so, getting better. Yeah, they're, and they will get there. Right. They will definitely get there. Right. Um, and I think our culture, you know, is kind of resting on its laurels a bit. And I, I think mm-hmm. we, as we sort of have this culture of very big companies, controlling lots of money, yep. Yep. Um, it's hard, I think, to have these, you know, Silicon Valley is a little bit its own thing. One of the things that's interested me a lot is the maker movement's kind of spread everywhere, and it's everywhere that it spreads, it's local. Mm-hmm. And so it's a real different model than everybody has to be in Silicon Valley. It's say, mm-hmm. well, what are the resources, the community, and the ideas that you have there? And I think that's where I'm hopeful that innovation mm-hmm. can can take root and, and come at it differently. That we might have small businesses instead of startups. We right. may have, right. you know, uh, people that make a good living doing something, but they're not billionaires. Right, right. right. No, absolutely. And that's my hope here. Is yeah, because for every startup that's not successful, they're successful, there's exactly. a zillion that aren't, and then everyone loses. And if we the, could a shift a system. little bit of that, has a country yes. have policy to enable more small businesses, not, you know, even these small cities that right. want to be like Silicon Valley, pump tons of money into that and ignore the small businesses that, that I are agree growing completely. I think, I think one thing that everyone has to be is entrepreneurial, yes. period, going forward. You yes. cannot not be entrepreneurial. You've got, we've got to somehow teach that. And that's, and it doesn't mean like you're going to have a hot start of me, Mark Zuckerberg. It's that you're right. going to have a business that makes exactly. a certain amount of money. You know? And it's hard. Right. 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 It's not, it's, I think that's the issue here. And even, you know, the, you know we've seen people that start as a hobbyist and, and then they, you know, the classic story I get from Maker Faire is mm-hmm. someone came up and re- really liked what I did. So they asked if, I, if I'd sell it to them. And right. I'd never thought of that. So I go home and figure that out. Right, right. And, and so, so that's what you want. Yeah. And, and I, I think that leads to a, a logical, hey, I have customers. I can build something they want. I can get paid. And we, we, we don't necessarily have that logic here. Right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I think that we've got some good examples of 
uh, companies that are coming up through the maker community mm-hmm. uh, that are highly innovative and really successful. You know, like Adafruit mm-hmm. and Little Bits. Explain Adafruit. Explain uh, Adafruit. Adafruit. Adafruit is a manufacturing company that's based in New York. Mm-hmm. They're in Manhattan. Uh, Lamore Freed, who's an MIT engineer, uh, she created a, a electronic components company out of her mm-hmm. dorm room mm-hmm. and is now one of the, I think she's the, they're the largest manufacturing uh, company in New York. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're big. They, every Buddy that is making something, every hobbyist maker to the professional side are using Adafruit products. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Little Bits, which is uh, Aya Badir's company. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, series of magnetically clickable yep. components. I've got that, a lot of them in my great, house. Great, great. Yeah, so you know it. I have a son who's a maker. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, He's uh, got to stop making, I got to tell you. Yeah. And, you know, there's a bo- cardboard box, there's something going on. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, both of these companies are really successful. Uh, I just read that um, Formlabs, mm-hmm. uh, based up in, in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, they were just. They just got a million-dollar value or billion-dollar valuation. They, they are a 3D printer company. Right. Yeah. And Sorry, I'm going to add res, a resin printer. is a really different process. Yeah, yeah, they're taking a different approach to how they how, right. they, how they do 3D printing, right. and suddenly they're worth a billion bucks. Yeah. Do you imagine everyone will have a thing in their house where they make things? and Not Star Trek, that food is suddenly made out of – they can do that, obviously. I've seen cookies and stuff like that. Uh, not, not immediately. Yeah. It's, it's a very slow process. It is. You got to get the bags um, of crap. To I think. All. I think it's still. You know, it's, it's sort of like you know when the web comes along, you say everybody's going to create their own website, and they did in a way. Yeah, and then they didn't. But then they did. Then some people did. And I think this is how you know technology sort of bumps along sometimes. With right. the, you know, well, if you really want something made, you're going to find someone yeah. who's good at doing that and pay them to do it. Right. right. Well, like Amazon. So yes, how do you right. resist that Amazon? Oh, it's hard. It's hard, right? It works beautifully. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, for me— Why uh, even bother going to the store? I try to go to stores, and they never have what I want, and then Amazon yeah. always does. It's really kind of— Yeah. I, shopping is not what I would like to do yeah. with my there, free time, so— yeah. There's a there's a little uh, nursery in in mm-hmm. my in my town and which town is it? Uh, I live I live north of San. I, no I, I live in the East Bay right. uh, I live just just east of Richmond mm-hmm. and uh, little little nursery called Adachi and mm-hmm. you know, mom and pop shop been there for sixty years mm-hmm. closed down last summer and it mm-hmm. b- broke my heart and it made me realize uh, I need to make sure that whenever I have the option I'm 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 going to these types of places right. And, you know, so that, that's made me rethink the Amazon thing and it's mm-hmm. made me rethink the, you know, the big box stores. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, you know, I'm one guy I trying. what's worse, the big box stores or Amazon. Yeah, I don't know. I got to say the big box stores. I'm going with the big box, you know. Although you wonder what's going to happen yeah. to all those retail well, now, jobs. I mean, now, now I'm trying to go to the big box stores. Now that my nursery closed, I'm going right. to Osh because right. I'd rather have my neighbors that work at Osh yeah. have that job and I can right. go there and I can get, you know, yeah, I, I can get my tomato seeds than... Yeah. yeah, it is an interesting to think about. So let's finish up talking about this um, this show that's coming on. You got there's a maker show now, right? I mean, do, yeah. th- you think there's a return? Or, this is a, a Amy Poehler and um, what's his name? Uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about that? I think it's great. It's yeah. a t- I mean, it's a testament to the you know the concept that you know making is mainstream. Right. Um, you know, if it's. The, the two of them are hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, first first of all, you've got that. And right. so it's, you know, whatever they do is going to be great. Uh, but, you know, it, it's really thrusting this concept, this hands-on, let's be creative, let's express mm-hmm. ourselves, um, and, you know, let's feel good about the stuff that, that right. we make and do in, into the, you know, absolute mainstream. It doesn't get more mainstream than network television. No, it doesn't. But do you think that that, that, that gets us more to a place still? Do you? It's a good question. I, I don't... Always think so. It depends a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like you were saying. That's a little bit like Project Runway in terms totally. of its model. Right. So, yeah. you know, how many people thought of being a fashion designer? And right. when they the see shows. other people, the cooking shows, and some people say, "Well, that's approach." You know, I could see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of start with gourmet chefs, and those channels mm-hmm. end up taking ordinary people and thrusting challenges at them. So right. it can it can help Bake change off. that kind of thing, and. You know, I always say like it's you know what I like about cooking, or when you mentioned baker, you know, it's like things you can do yourself are meaningful. You don't have to be the best at them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the top chef kind of person. But right. if you right. do it at home and you're good and you enjoy it, well, that's a that's a that makes your life better. Right? Yeah. yeah. And and I, I so I think that can help. 
you know, say, I could do that. I, I, I have something I'd like to do that. And, and so that's, again, when we think of Maker Fair, it's just when you, we don't think we have like stars or celebrities at Maker Fair. We just have kind of ordinary people Who's that do things. Who's a celebrity at Maker Fair? Yeah, nobody. Everybody. Right. Maybe Adam Savage comes on Sunday and gives a, a yeah. talk. He's, Why is, he's yeah, the he's, closest. No, I know who he is, but, yeah. But, Why is that? Why? Well, it just worked out that way. Yeah. We call it the Sunday sermon from, right. from from him. But, you know, I think people like to hear from him. I think mm-hmm. he's inspiring. And mm-hmm. and for a lot of kids, they map yeah. into that space. There's a new show coming out, Mythbusters Jr., right. that I've heard about. So, right. you know, that, that... Wait, they're having one of kids? Mythbusters? Yeah, yeah oh. Adam Savage and a team of children. Oh, wow. Yeah, blowing oh. things up. Man, I can't I wait. Tell my kid about that. That yeah. is probably the the real show. That we right? Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, they're funny. Yeah, like. But he, again, it's it's like, you know, I think one of the things is I have a goal that this sounds outrageous, but in some ways, I'd like to see making as important in our culture as, as sports is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That this is something that's celebrated, you know, and by our society, it's in our community, it's in our families, right. and everybody gets to participate. Through robotics competitions, but they always degenerate into wars. Yes. Like it's fast. They have to it's make them. They have to make it into wars, right. rather than tasks. Right. We always say like Maker Fair is about exhibition, not competition so much that creative work doesn't necessarily compete against each other. But I see why they would do it to attract people to it, right? And and there are kids that really like the, you know, sort of competitive robotics side. But I always say like, I'd like to have a competition where robots make me laugh or they do stupid things that you wonder how they do it. Right, right. Which is interesting. It does degenerate into wars. It's always robot wars. Offensive and and offensive categories. Yes, exactly. Or needlessly complex. I remember being at an agenda one year and there was a bunch of guys making a robot. Like they were trying to, they had to pick up a bunch of ping pong balls or tennis balls or something like that. And then the fastest and get back to home. And a bunch of guys were over, over designing it. And, and this bunch of women designed it all. It just did one simple task and it didn't. And they won. It was very funny to watch. Um, it was, but it got super complex. Yeah. Like it was fascinating and the, to watch the thing. But that was a real, that was a competition, but actually an interesting one to watch. Actually, when you say that, it makes me think of the, your question on innovation mm-hmm. is, I, I think one of the other answers is that really innovation can come from anyone. Right. And we want to create a culture where there are fewer obstacles for that, those right. people. And, right. and that's, I think is what we're trying to do in the maker movement. It's, it's like everybody can think about things very differently and they don't have to be experts to right. figure that out. Exactly, right? which I think it, there's a gating mechanism to a lot of tech. That exactly. Keep it out. And I want to end on that. Last, we just have a few more minutes. But one of the things I've noticed, there's a lot of women on your covers. Is it still? So you're the women. Right, I get that. But is it still a dude yeah, fest? It is. It is. Well, I think it's changing. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's... Uh, well, there's a lot of women yeah. involved in robotics, for yeah. sure. There I mean, I, always I, I think, you know, statistically, you look at things, you know, you might see it one way. But, you know, we we have probably 40, 45 percent women at Maker Fair, mm-hmm. And um, I well, think— that's higher than yeah, most yeah, averages. I know. It's partly because we have families. Right. We're a family event. And we want this mm-hmm. idea to be approachable mm-hmm. in that context. And we see, you know, parents who want to get involved because their kids are learning something. And then mm-hmm. they, and we encourage them to get involved, too. But I think you're also, the, you know, we've been at it about 15 years almost. And so you're beginning to see some of the impacts that that this right. is more accessible. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, and certainly there are women say that there's still these obstacles and, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, that shouldn't be or they go mm-hmm. into engineering programs. Right. But, you know, I think uh, culturally, I think there's some progress to be made. Mm-hmm. And well, not just women, but people of color. Absolutely. Lots of, lots of definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. how do and we do? see that around the world, too, right. with, you know, just the different different places that Maker Fair is happening. Well, and, there's and talent everywhere. Exactly. Is such, it's such a canard that there's talent. It's just they don't have the, you know, I was telling this, I forget who I was being interviewed by, and I said, I know there's a little girl in a small country, a person, a little girl of color somewhere who's going to solve cancer and she'll never do it because she's not able to. She's right. gated in some way. And uh, and we are missing these opportunities if we don't give people the ability, the tools to do this. Yeah, exactly. that's a great point. Yeah. And that's why, back to the sports analogy, someone once said to me in Atlanta, like especially you're a boy, you know, you can't grow up without playing football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they force it on you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it doesn't matter where you well, live in changing. the city, right? Yeah. And so like, well, why don't 
you know, why doesn't everybody get the same opportunity here right. to, to play, you know, right. to engage and right. try this? And, yeah. and well, this is something you they, don't have to they don't, big or small to right. play. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, and especially if they enjoy it, they'll keep doing it on their own right. as well as in organized settings. Right. Anyway, uh, last thing, um, what's your favorite project this year, each of you? I got to go with this, the Let's Robot. Let's okay. Robot TV. Uh, it's it's just such a hoot to have this thing rolling mm-hmm. around the office, and yeah. and you know that that you know, this this one woman she's created this platform that um, anyone in the world can um, they can create a robot and mm-hmm. and have it broadcasting, and you, anyone else can control it. And there's right. actually some funny stories in there of of them going on television mm-hmm. and, um, and and shooting ping pong balls, mm-hmm. having the, their community shoot ping pong balls at TV hosts. Oh, all right. Good. Yeah, I like a, that. And yours, Dale? Well, I, I kind of like this. It's, it's called uh, Matthew Moore is a community mm-hmm. college professor, and he basically takes, you know, a selfie of you mm-hmm. and explodes it into a huge image mm-hmm. that is comprised of all these small LEDs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in the Columbus, Ohio Convention Center. And why do you in like there. that? Uh, you know, it just almost plays with this idea of identity and culture and today selfies, and yeah. selfies and, and you know, that almost like in place of statues, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it, we're cycling through the people that, that you know, are walking through that convention center. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really critically important. I was, as I was saying I, with my plumber, he, for some reason, a gasket was left on the floor. Like I didn't know what it was. And I sent him a picture of it. I didn't know it was, I was like, do we need this? Did we leave out the screw we needed? Yeah. And he goes, it's a gasket. It's, it, you can throw it away. It's not important. And it was fascinating. I thought that is my, it's an old gasket. You don't need it. And I was like, why don't I know what this is? Right. Like, it was really fascinating. And I was like, then I, of course, know everything about gaskets right now. Um, but it's a really important thing to understand in this sort of age of continual um, removal f- of ourselves. We, it, you know, we get immersed in technology, but we remove ourselves from it and just become creatures of it, um, that we not do that. Well, um, yeah, it's a struggle. It's because, by design. Because, you know, one of, the, one of the most striking things I ever had happen, Van Jones, well, people was at uh, Glide Memorial, was talking to a bunch of um, young kids from the city, and he said, he said, how many of you uh, download stuff from the Internet? And they were all sort of like, this idiot. You know, of course we do. Everybody downloads stuff from the, you know, onto your phones or songs or movies or consume things. And he said, how many of you upload stuff? And I was really moved by what he was saying. And they, none of them raised their hand. He said, you are, you've got to upload stuff because if not, you're a creature of them. Like you don't, you, you don't have a say in it. You don't. And it was such, and these kids, they thought they, they were so smart and making fun of them and they got it. They understood that they were just consumers and not creators. And it was such a very, it was, I thought it was one of the smartest things that's, I've ever seen. That's someone. a core message. Here. It was, it was. And they, and, and they. And, you know, and I remember when I saw the iPad yeah. came out and yeah. it's like, here's, you know, it is just a consumer device. There are no right. tools on it when it first came out to really yeah. create through it. You right. Know? Well, now was, it has more. Yeah, you saw their it recent does commercial. Now. Right. Their but commercial's wonderful, But, you know, actually. the old Apple had I know, the HyperCard and, and things that yeah. were really yeah. broadening the creation capabilities. Yeah. And it was more like, well, you just consume all these things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll hopefully not so going with you guys doing it. Mike and Dale, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. When is the next Maker Fair? In New York, September 22nd, 23rd, the New York Hall of Science in Queens. Okay, and it'll be, how many people will be there? Hmm, about 80,000 people. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, or just visit recode.net slash podcast for more. If you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell other people about the show. That helps them discover great interviews like this one. Now that you're done with this, go check out our latest episode of Recode Media. You can find that show wherever you found this one. We make a lot of shows here at Recode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. And thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then.